The Velvet Hammer, an inside look at trial lawyer life with Karen Kohler. Real life stories about fighting the good fight. Why I like to sue, why it's important that I bring lawsuits on behalf of people, not just for those people, but for all of us. And I thought I'd do it by telling you some stories. Story number one, there once was a man in the prime of his life, maybe slightly over the edge, who had lived a very rich and wonderful life and still was doing so. When he was driving down a road, minding his own business, and a truck smashed into him. People will say things like, well, accidents happen. It's just an accident. Well, for this gentleman, the quote unquote accident, because it wasn't intentional, occurred because the driver of the truck, it's a big, it was a delivery truck, a box truck. The driver of the truck had a wonderful way of getting ready every morning. That would include smoking a bowl of marijuana before he head out for his trip. The dude would smoke a bowl and then get behind the wheel of the truck. Now, he worked for a company. The company clearly did not supervise him very well uh, and obviously did not do any kind of drug testing because as we all know, marijuana shows up in the bloodstream for forever. So the driver, um, thinking he was driving well, was driving completely impaired and ran over Mark, the client. So you would think, well, why do you have to file a lawsuit? Well, my client was very badly injured, could have died, managed to survive, but was really pretty hideously injured. His life was never going to be the same again. So when we go to court, and this case was tried, we had to be prepared for juries saying, well, but money isn't everything. And the defense will play into that. Well, money isn't everything. At least he's alive. He's still smiling. He's gone on a vacation, etc." But he can't do his occupation. He can't do his hobbies. He is disabled uh, permanently. And the trajectory of his life has now been completely changed. That is one reason why I like to bring a lawsuit. To get the right result for that man. He deserved way more than they offered to uh, compensate him. And the jury uh, agreed that he needed to be fully compensated. Okay, that's a very, I don't want to say that's a common scenario, but that's a very typical case, car accident case. Call it an accident, right? Word accident has many meanings. Uh, In my world, accident doesn't mean it just happened out of the ether. Mm, Just randomly, there was no reason. No, no. An accident in my world is 
to be comp- compensable has to be re- the result of negligence. An accident that is not because of negligence, you can't sue for. It's got to be negligence under those circumstances. Otherwise, insurance policy is not going to apply. So it's got to be an accident, meaning there has to be negligence. Somebody had to have done something that fell below the standard of care. In this case, that would be smoking a bowl before you got behind a wheel of a box truck every morning. Thankfully, that person lost their job in terms of driving a truck uh, and hopefully uh, is employed doing something that won't imperil the rest of us driving in the future. The next case is a very old case that I had um, before I even joined this firm. And it was the case of Christopher Keim. And Christopher Keim in 2001 was down in Pioneer Square during Mardi Gras. And there had been some problems during the Mardi Gras. And there had been some problems before the Mardi Gras because of the WTO protests and the Seattle, as you know, did not handle those well for those that know history back in 1999. So by the time the Keim case came all around, Christopher Keim with his buddies down in Pioneer Square, having good old Mardi Gras time, uh, the Seattle Police Department had decided to order its police officers to stand down and just stand along the perimeter and not to go inside if there was any kind of issue. Well, the police are supposed to protect and serve. So that was an interesting order. And what happened to Christopher Keim was that the police stood back and watched as there were attacks being done brazenly, uh, emboldened by the police just standing there. Attacks were being made upon the revelers. One young woman was knocked to the ground and Christopher Keim bent over to help her, protect her, help her, when he was hit over the back of the head by a, another person intentionally and killed. He didn't die there. He uh, went directly into loss of consciousness. He suffered a major brain injury. And even then the police didn't go inside to help him get out. Instead, his friends and some off-duty firefighters had to lift him up. They had to take him out of the group and drive them in their own car to Harborview, where he then died. In that case, going against the government felt awfully good. A lot of people will say, how can you sue the government? I mean, that just is absolutely wrong. Governments should not be sued. The taxpayers then have to pay for it. Governments should not be sued. I'm going to tell you why governments should be sued. First of all, governments are insured. They have insurance just like we do. Secondly, the difference between us and kingdoms of the world are that we can bring a lawsuit against our government. And why is the lawsuit important? Because it's one way to have checks and balances against a government. It's one way for a citizen, just even one citizen, to say, what are you doing? And in this case, what are you doing not helping when people are being pummeled, killed, beaten, robbed, 
right in front of you and you're an officer. Fun fact, on the Christopher Kime case, a police officer gave my name to the Kime family. Second fun fact, Christopher Kime, whose brother was Keith Kime, whose sister was Kristen Kime, whose mother was Kristen Kime, whose mother was Chris, whose stepmother was Chris, and whose father was Ken, all K's, felt that it was destiny that I became their lawyer because, of course, my initials are Karen, Catherine, Kohler. That's right, three of them. But holding the government accountable feels good. It feels great. Because, it again, it doesn't just help that one person. It helps all of us. We should never have to be in downtown Seattle having someone beat us or rob us while a police officer is literally an arm's length away without that police officer intervening. The second government case I'll talk to you about is a little different. It's the Owen family case that I handled where during a bizarre set of weather circumstances, similar now to what we're dealing with in 2021, 2022, with incredible rains and then freezes and snowfalls and rains, trees became unstable and ice began to form across Chelan County, US2 area. And this family was going to go spend a weekend in Leavenworth and they checked And US2 just said traction tires advised. But the county of Chelan had issued a winter alert, uh, calling it an ice storm and advising people, telling people to stay home and not go out on the streets. But the Washington State Department of Transportation failed to do that. So the family came and not knowing that hundreds of trees were falling around everywhere and had just fallen, uh, were falling before them and after them. And a tree fell right on that vehicle, killing mom and dad, injuring the daughter, two daughters, uh, the husband, and barely uh, injuring the last son. What a terrible terrible day that was. I am haunted always by that case and that beautiful family. Suing the state was an issue because a tree coming down is an accident, isn't it? I mean, no one made that tree come down purposefully. It was a big tree and it came down on the road. But again, you can't sue unless there's negligence. So what did our government not do? The government didn't close down the road when they knew how dangerous it was. In fact, right after this tree fell, another tree fell on another car with a pregnant woman in it um, who survived. That family survived. Here's what happened when we started looking at the records. What we found out was that the Washington State Department of Transportation had been asked by the Washington State Patrol more than once to shut the road down, but refused because they didn't want to impact, most likely, Stevens Pass or Leavenworth uh, tourism. 
So you have two arms of the government fighting each other. One saying that would be Washington State Patrol. You would think that people would obey the Washington State Patrol. If they said close the road down, you'd think that the Department of Transportation would say, oh, yes, we will. Because the state patrol was, of course, going up and down that road, seeing all the trees falling down and how dangerous it was. What I'm most proud about that case is that since that happened, regularly, US-2 now gets closed. Most recently, it was closed for almost a full week, partially because of snowfall, but also because of trees. Close the road. We don't care if you have to close the road for some hours to make it safe. That's your job. That's your job. So I'll tell you one final, well, I guess there's two more, two stories. One is (laughs) suing hospitals. People get really mad when they hear that. How dare you sue a hospital? They are doing heavenly work. How could you off? How could you ever do that? That's disgusting. Who would ever sue a hospital? Well, I've sued a hospital on behalf of my clients, and I am proud of that fact every single time because we don't bring those cases lightly. It costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to sue a hospital. They hire the most expensive lawyers. They have a million experts built in. Their insurance companies are tigers because they don't want people suing the hospitals. So you better have a darn good case to sue a hospital. So in this case, represented a young woman, Heather, who was still in her 20s, who had some congenital heart problems. She had problems as a young person. And she had made the unfortunate decision to move to a rural area that had a rural hospital. I will never, if if I can avoid it, ever go into a rural hospital. And I hate to say that because it's mean and it sounds bad. But wait till you hear what happened here. She goes into the rural hospital and they decide that her problem is sciatica which is basically your back is hurting and going down your legs. They put her in the hospital bed. They admit her, but the doctor doesn't come to see her. In fact, that doctor, who knows where that doctor is? Cause <laughs> this is amazing. The doctor works up at this rural hospital and then also works in California where he moved his family. So he works in two different areas. He, he goes up to this hospital and then he works at the other hospital and he makes a whole heck of a lot of money in doing so because these smaller hospitals um, are doing everything they can to get doctors. So he's a part-time doctor there and he's sleeping or something. We don't know what he's doing because he's not answering the phone. So the nurses just watch her and watch her and watch her. And they notice that her legs are turning colors until basically the next morning, they're black. Then the doctor comes to look at her, but guess what? Too late. She had all the signs. All they had to do was pay attention and do some tests and get her out of that hospital. 
By the time they airlifted her to Harborview, there was nothing that could be done. Both of her legs had to be amputated from the top of the thighs down. Negligence has to be proven against a hospital. You can't just sue a hospital because you have a bad result. Bad results happen. But you can sue a hospital when they're negligent. When the doctor doesn't come to see what's going on, despite being called, when they don't return the calls, when the nurses or other people there are watching the legs turned mottle and then black. I am not a nurse or a doctor, and I know having your legs turn a totally different color is a very bad thing. The hope would be that they would change how they do business. The hope. And finally, the last case I'm going to talk about today is one that you would probably think if you were a person that didn't know that I only brought lawsuits for a reason, for negligence, you might think, wow, why would you bring a lawsuit over that? And let me tell you what it was. So there is a playground that was built in an outdoor shopping center. One of the first um, shopping centers uh, in uh, Washington, you know, in, you know, this is in the past, I guess, 20 years ago now, maybe 25 years, um, where Seattle, it rains all the time, if you don't know, and most of our shopping malls are inside, but this shopping center fashioned itself as an outdoor kind of center. And it had a movie theater and shops and a um, hotel. And it also had a road going right down the middle of it and then garages. Well, they decided to designate one area of the shopping center as kind of a children's area, one that would attract children and their parents and others. So it had an ice cream shop and, you know, different kind of um, kids stores and a beautiful playground. They went to a specialty playground place and made this fantastical playground. I would want to play there even if I wasn't a kid. And they put it right on the corner of the intersection running through this place. So the parking garage is on one side and the streets are on the other side. And they put this beautiful playground right there at the junction. And they fence it, but don't close the fence. They leave it open so that the children will run out of there without encountering any kind of a gate. And they do it intentionally because they decide that if they put a gate on, maybe the parents won't pay attention to their children and, or will go shopping or won't be there. I don't know. Some like you're going to leave your child there by, by themselves. This is a toddler playground, by the way, it's specifically designed for toddlers. Predictably, the child who's two is playing and the parents aren't even there. It's a nanny and the nanny, you might think, well, gosh, what kind of a nanny we can only imagine? Well, the nanny, this is summer and the nanny is a school teacher. 
school teacher that we would entrust our own children to. For one second, she's looking at the other child, the older child, the four-year-old and the two-year-old takes off and encounters a car. Why would you sue a retail organization that's trying to provide playground fun times for families? Because they put profit over child safety. They put the playground at the junction of a road to attract children and their parents or others over to an area where stores were that devoted themselves to children issues. So they wanted the children over in that area and then they put in a playground at the junction without a fence. Well, guess what happened after the case was over? That's right. They put up the fence. Sometimes terrible things happen because people don't do what they should do. People that have the power to attract others to their playgrounds or that have the power and duty to manage our roadways. or have the power and duty to provide public sa- for public safety. And they make decisions, conscious choices, selfish choices that lead to really bad results. This is why I am a self-righteous plaintiff trial lawyer. I have no doubt when I take on a case that it's a case that I want to do because it's a righteous cause. This is the joy of my profession, or at least where I am in my career. I can take the cases that I believe in and represent people whom I believe in and try to to make the world a better place. I know it sounds really... Oh, it just sounds really cliche-ish, but it's not. It's just such a privilege. Over and out.